0: This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad within it. I'm Pastor Murphy. We here, the members and friends of the Great Lausanne Baptist Church, welcome you to our worship experience and pray that as you view this moment, your soul will be encouraged, your faith will be built, and you will leave this moment encouraged and empowered and ready to run on to see what God has in store for you. Be blessed as the music uplifts you and the word empowers you in Jesus name. Welcome to our worship experience.
1: day. Yeah.
2: Happy mother's Day. Happy mother's Day. Good morning, Greater Little Zion! Friends, family, and guests, here are our announcements. We would first like to wish all of our mothers a Happy Mother's Day. We would also like to invite you to our food distribution on Saturday, May the 15th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. The pickup location is at Greater Little Zion Baptist Church. We will be having weekly prayer meeting on Wednesday at 6 p.m. and our virtual adult Bible study at 7.30 p.m. We also will be having our Sunday school sessions for our young adults and youth on Saturday at 9 a.m. and Sunday at 8.30 a.m. Well, this concludes our announcement, and we hope that you have a blessed, wonderful rest of your Sunday. And happy Mother's Day!
1: you have always down for me, have always been around for me, even when I was bad. You've shown me right from my wrongs, yes you, you did. did. And you took up for me when everyone was down to me, you always did understand. You gave me strength to go on. There were so many times looking back when I was so afraid. Then you come to me and say to me, I could face anything, and no one else can do what you've done for me. You'll always be. to my soul, loving you is like food to my soul, oh, yeah, you are the food to my soul.
0: Good morning, great little Zion. This is the day that God has blessed us with. Let us rejoice and be glad within it. I want you to join me with your Bibles in a particular verse that seems to be repeated throughout the 39th chapter of Genesis. Genesis chapter 39. And I want to read a portion of verse 2. And a portion of verse 3, and then a portion of verse 23. Genesis chapter 39, verses 2, 3, and 23. And here's what it says Genesis chapter 39, verse 2, the opening line. And the Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man. Verse three, now his master saw that the Lord was with him and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. And then verse 23, the chief jailer did not supervise anything under Joseph's charge Because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made to prosper. All across the country today, particularly in the Western Hemisphere, here in America, we are celebrating what we have deemed to be Mother's Day, and Mother's Day in this traditional recognition is a joyous occasion for some, and that is because their mother is still living and still able to be the recipient of their express multitudes of love. There are others that will find this day overwhelming, exciting as well, but there is a bit of pain within it um, because the joyous memories of their mother is just that, because their mother has passed into eternity. And yet the day still holds a tremendous amount of joy and recognition for them. Then there are others who may find this day painful because the relationship to which they had with their mother was one of tension, one of difficulty, and one that did not yield itself to fruitfulness in the manner in which perhaps they had wanted or anticipated. And so Mother's Day is one in which they recognize it, but they do so with an idea of wondering what could have been if things had been a lot better. Then there's another group who will celebrate this day, who will recognize and embrace the idea of mother's recognition, except they never knew who their mother was. Whatever reasons, Whatever reason, they were unable to know who their maternal mother was. And so the day is one where they could only dream and wonder what could have been if they had finally met their mother. It's interesting that when we come to the life of Joseph, As we have been dealing with his journey throughout the latter part of the book of Genesis, there is an absenteeism of reference to Joseph's mother. And that is because Joseph's mother, by the time we get to Genesis chapter 37, is deceased. Remember, she died in giving birth to Joseph's younger brother, Benjamin. In fact, in her giving birth to such as she cries out in those waning moments of her existence, she calls her son Benoni. Benoni means the son of my sorrow. And yet, Jacob would not let that name stick. And so he changed the name of Benoni to Benjamin. And Benjamin means the son of my right hand. Jacob was excited about Benjamin merely because Benjamin was his son of old age. After Joseph, certainly he never thought that he would have any more sons. He has 12 now and one daughter by Leah, by the name of Dinah, and he's excited. And so he changes that name from the son of sorrow to the son of my right hand. In fact, when you begin to critique the journey of Joseph, you quickly will recognize that the women you would anticipate that would be within his life have somehow either been extinguished or their contribution is not known. We've already said that his mother, Rachel, who began with a very turbulent journey in herself, remember she was barren, could have no children. In fact, Jacob had to labor for her double 14 years because of Laban's own idea that his older daughter must be given away first before the younger. But Rachel has no children, she cries out to God. In fact, she ends up giving Jacob one of her servants and Jacob eventually has 12 sons by four different women. But in Joseph's life, Rachel dies. She's absent. His grandmother, Rebecca, is even deceased, absent. And even his sister, Dinah, who was a victim of sexual assault, raped, traumatized, is not a part, at least as we look at the text, of Joseph's life. I make that point because if there was a Mother's Day in Joseph's day, This day may have been quite troubling for Joseph. It would have been difficult. It may have dredged up hard memories because of the word absenteeism. Joseph's formative years as he's growing and we pick up Joseph's life as a young teenager in Genesis 39. He's just 17 years of age. But as he goes through those progressive growing years and becomes a young adult and enters into life and he begins to experience life according to the plan of God, there's no mother in his context. There is no mother who could bring to him encouraging words no doubt if she was alive she would have encouraged him she would have reassured him she would have never let him lose hope or lose the value of his dreams but Joseph during these trying days didn't have his mother but he had someone who represented his mother in a very spiritual but yet profound way Way. As I read for you in Genesis 39, verse 2, verse 3, and then verse 23, there is that paramount statement that's made in Joseph's life, even with the absence of a mother's endearment, of a mother's encouragement. The Lord was with Joseph that classic phrase that seems to provide for Joseph throughout his journey, the necessary strength, the necessary encouragement, the necessary hope, the necessary idea in terms of believing in the dream to which he had been given, no matter what turn that Joseph encountered, what challenge the Lord was with Joseph. So much so that all that happened in Joseph's life, even God, permitted those who were interacting in Joseph's life to see how God was working in his life. Potiphar saw it and recognized that everything that Joseph put his hands to prospered and in return decided this is someone that I want to be a part of my leadership team. And he recognized, says verse three, that the Lord was with Joseph because of his prosperity. Then we get to chapter three, uh, chapter 39, but at the end, verse 23, there's this jailer who likewise recognized that Joseph has found favor And as a result of that, the Lord was with him because he saw that everything Joseph put his hand on, he prospered. In one of these verses, there's a conjunction before the phrase, the Lord was with Joseph, but. And the but is quite an interesting word because it introduces a phrase. It introduces a clause contrasting what has already been mentioned. It's a manner in which we can sort of see God working in a motherly role in Joseph's life before he's thrown into a pit and then sold into slavery, but the Lord, and only a mother who can recognize the injury of her child, will pick up that injured child and begin to nurse that child back to health and strength. But the Lord is that mother to Joseph and then when Joseph gets into a bind in which he doesn't yield to the temptation of sin but decides that he's not going to sin against God but remembers his commitment by way of covenant with God he ends up being put in a jail but the Bible says again the Lord was with Joseph in the earthly realm whenever we violate the law and our fathers become so dismayed and disappointed in us and they declare that once we become incarcerated they very well may not visit us but that mama is gonna find a way to go down and see that child she's not gonna just leave that child in that jail to suggest or to think that he or she is all alone it's as if when that child sees his or her mother show up, it's as if someone said, but the Lord was with them in the midst of that trying moment. Why is that so important? Because that conjunction is used to introduce the impossibility of something that can occur but previously had not occurred. Deliverance, comfort, peace, he stumbled, but the Lord was with him, raised him back up. He was pressured, but he never cracked because the Lord was with him. He was hampered, but he kept on moving because the Lord was with him. That's what we gain out of the presence and the connection of the mother to whom has given us birth. Without Joseph's mother, we discovered a couple of things. We discover that God, in the process, and even acting in that motherly role remember the psalmist tell us that He will be God, a mother to the motherless and a father to the fatherless. And here we are in the Genesis count, and Joseph is without his mother and yet we see God using sharpening particulars to bring about strength in the life of Joseph. (laughs) It's almost as if that mother Is once again permeated through the hand of God in a dark space. We witness Joseph's bitter experiences, deception, but also anger and jealousy of the brothers, the conniving and untrue statements of Potiphar's wife, the bitter experiences that God is using in the life of Joseph. And here's another thing. Notice when you read the Joseph narrative, particularly in these early chapters, there's no dialogue. There's no word coming from God. It's just but the Lord was with Joseph. I want to contend that here we are on this day to which we celebrate our mothers in many different facets but we might wanna remember the bitter experiences that she helped us get through. The moment in which life threw us all kinds of curveballs and threw us all kinds of challenges and yet there was this encouraging word that she always provided. It won't rain always. Sunday is coming at some time. He was trying to tell us that victory is right around the corner, but bitter experiences will make you strong. And I believe we can testify today that we've got enough bitter experiences in our journey to right now let us know. Mama told us that there'd be some dark days, there'd be some hard days, there'd be some difficult days, there'd be some bitter days, but she also said if you hold on to God's unchanging hand, that God will bring you through those bitter days, but God will also shape your life that you will become more like him. She also reminded us that these bitter experiences God uses as building experiences. Even in life, when we were particularly in grade school and we found the courses and the homework assignments to be challenging, she had the patience to sit us down and to walk us through And she had no idea what some of those courses were, but her patience, her willingness to get her hands dirty enabled us to see how she was in the process building us. That's what God does. When there's no mother there, God fills that role by permitting that building experience to be the moment in which he comes alongside. And gives you the necessary encouragement and push you need not to give up, but to go back the next day. But God also is using these experiences, not just the bitter ones and not just to be building, but to create believing experiences within and around us. Mother can always make her love truly known by what she does. How she would be willing to go the second and third and fourth mile. I cannot help but remember the story that I heard about that mother who went to her daughter's graduation. She's graduating from Harvard of all places. And she's sitting in the crowd, but when they call her daughter's name, she begins to shout, and her daughter didn't want her mother to come and act that way because we're at Harvard. And her mother later told her that Mama couldn't help it because Mama remembered the floors that she scrubbed and the shirts that she ironed, and the domestic turmoil that she went through to make sure you got through Harvard. She was trying to tell us that she was trying to make you a believer in life to understand that there may be some bitter but it's building and in building it's helping you believe that there's a God who sits on the throne and she would always remind us that one day mama is not going to be here. That's when you got to know how to believe and trust in God for yourself. And I'm trying to tell you right now, says mama, trust in the Lord with all that you have and don't lean into your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. He will direct your path, not just at Harvard, but he'll direct your path in the boardroom. He'll direct your path at a master's degree and a PhD. He'll direct your path in family formation. He's the kind of God that create experiences that you end up believing there is a God who sits high and looks low. That's why verses 2, 3, and 23 keeps telling us in Genesis 39 that Joseph was successful because the Lord was with him now he's in a prison he's in a prison in which he certainly was a moment in which he might identify as unplanned he had no plan of being incarcerated but joseph is also learning that mama told you that there'll be some things that happened that you never had any input in life is filled with unplanned events, moments that alter the course of your journey. Joseph is here. He's in Potiphar's house. He was at the height of the game, and all of a sudden now he's in prison, an unplanned incarceration. He's also uncomfortable. He certainly does not want to be there. His purpose is not to be incarcerated. But remember, God is taking bitter experiences and God is building by way of character and faith and hope and God is strengthening belief in those experiences that you've come through that you might recognize when life throws you unplanned, Obstacles, and when life places you in uncomfortable positions and when God permits the unpredictable to come about, that just simply means when God lets you get in a space where you are uncomfortable, watch how God work and utilize the unpredictable. Who would have ever thought that while Joseph is in prison, not only would the Lord be with him, but the Lord prospers him. Because mama always had a word to let us know that even in the worst situation, there's always something to be learned. And here Joseph is, not with his mother, but the Lord who is with him. And what was God trying to do in Joseph's life in this prison moment? Two things. One, he's trying to create a sensitivity to others conditioned by Joseph. See, why he's in prison, I think he ends up being quite successful with the other prisoners because Joseph is sensitive to the issues they very well may have had. He had a listening ear. And isn't that one of the great things that we love about having mama? Someone who listens. And even someone who provides a critical analysis that I might not agree with, but you know, here's the thing about I call ancestry wisdom. It seems to follow with this phrase. You may not see it now, but just wait. It'll all come to full fruition for you You, you'll see it plainly once you get there and I'm remembering some of my own wisdom moments in which mother imparted words and you couldn't see it then in fact you thought her wisdom was antiquated and here it is it's coming to pass with quite clarity And yet God is using this moment in Joseph's life and I want to suggest he may be using it in you and I that we might be sensitive to other people who may have never known what it means to have someone sympathetic. Maybe you were like me growing up. One of the joys of hanging out with friends or friends hanging out with you is you want to go to their house and they want to come to yours. And they want to do so because of what your mother provides. Mostly, it's the food that mama always put on the table. In my case, it was the biscuits, it was the cookies and milk. We used to get milk deliveries in a glass jar. Seal test milk is what it was called back in those days. Man would bring it to the porch, put it in this little dispenser we had there on the porch, and he would. I remember one day I went to pick it up and I dropped it All the milk was gone. And mama said, It's all right, baby. It ain't nothing but milk. We can buy another jug. We can replace the lost milk. That sensitivity sort of helps me recognize that people who drop their life sometimes and it falls to pieces. I just want to know, does anyone understand, and do they care, and can they help me restore? And God is saying, I'm I'm letting you do this, go through this for sensitivity training. Not like that stuff we have now in employment. No, this is to be sensitive to people's needs and hurts and brokenness. There's another thing that mama does. She wants us not only to be sensitive to their needs, but sympathetic. Mama didn't ask me how did I drop it or why did I drop it. It it wasn't important. What was important was to be sympathetic to my moment. And what a grave mistake we make as Christians when someone confines in us a broken experience in their life and we're trying to figure out or trying to pull out of them where did you go wrong? How did you go wrong? When the moment doesn't require that. The moment just requires to come alongside, says John in the first epistle of John, the paracletos, to bring that necessary spirit of encouragement. See Joseph doesn't have his mother to do all of that but yet the Lord is with Joseph and he has God who does it. And I want to close by simply saying here's the most wonderful thing that I find out about this incredible episode of Joseph's life and the fact that Joseph's mother is not mentioned in the text obviously because she's deceased. But in this very turbulent moment of his journey, he has to go through it. But he's not alone because the Lord is with Joseph. And what happens? What's the point? What's the text trying to tell us in reference to Joseph's mother's absenteeism, and yet God is with him on this day? Two things. Number one, value the purpose of your mom because it won't last forever. Yes, yeah, see, she won't be with us forever. One day, we will have to lay her the rest. Her eyes will close and never to open again. But if she's alive now, you should value her purpose of trying to provide the love and the care and the hope You might say, Pastor, my mother is not that kind of person. Hey, listen, reverse the role. You provide the love and the care and the nurture and the sensitivity. You help when your mom needs help. But value who she is because she won't be with us forever. And then finally value her presence because sometimes the mere presence of your mother is life changing just to see that face just to know that those arms stretched out will embrace me no matter what condition I'm in I close with this tragic moment it certainly is tragic but It's a pointed moment. As George Floyd comes to the close of his life, he cries out for his mother of all people. He cries out for his mother. I want to believe that that's because his mother had been nurturing, his mother had done all that was needed and all that could be done. And I want to believe that he even believed that in that moment, his mother could provide some means of salvation to get him out of that awful, life-taking condition. And there are many of us who get in jam. And this is not for those of you who are super spiritual. We don't always immediately call on the Lord. We call on mama. Because our mother has shown us in the practical realm of reality how she comes to aid. But mama will tell you, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. You'd notice I didn't give you the title of this sermon because I wanted to save it till the end. Because I wanted you to grip what's spoken in verse 2, 3, and 23 of Genesis 39. The Lord was with Joseph. I gave title to this sermon Seeing mama through the eyes of God because that's what I believe Joseph could have very well experienced in his journey he may not have saw Rachel physically obviously because of her being deceased but maybe through the hand of God the Lord was with Joseph and Rachel was with him as well. Uh, our African foreparents really believe that when you pass from this life, you actually pass from death unto life. See, that's that's not the idea of westernized comprehension of life after death. But our African brothers and sisters and African religion says that when you pass from this life you actually start to live and you start to live to intercede for those who are left here trying to live. I know that's deep philosophically as well as theologically but here, here's what I'm trying to say. I really believe that maybe in that moment of Joseph's up and down journey he could sense the reality of his mother's still. Speaking to his spirit. You stretching theology, pastor. Oh, am I? Because the book of Hebrews talks about he that is dead yet still speaks. And I want to suggest that your mother may be gone on into eternity, but she can still speak in a very powerful way seeing your mother through the eyes of god let us pray lord thank you for the moment in which we have had to share in this preached word i pray that on this mother's day that life for many will be one of joy and life for many would be one of rejoicing and that they in return would be appreciative to that mother to whom you gave them May we make phone calls, write letters, do whatever has to be done to express I love you in a very special way today. Ah, but thank you for being the ultimate, being the father and the mother. And somebody today, Lord, is without the recognition of you providing both nurture and protection in their life. I pray today that the Lord Jesus Christ moves to the forefront in their life that they would make a decision I want to embrace who God is in his son and from this day forward their life will never be the same we rejoice in who you are Lord and we celebrate the victory you give us in Jesus name amen well it's our joy that somebody today we believe by faith became a believer in Jesus Christ Now, we would count it a special privilege if you would in some way contact us at the end of this program. You will see several ways to which you can converse with us by social media. But listen, we'd love to hear if God has touched your heart. If God has reminded you today of the importance of celebrating your mother, our mission would have been accomplished. We rejoice for those of you who support the ministry and we certainly encourage you to continue to do so. For it's our privilege to share with you the good news of Jesus Christ. So I'm praying that if you're not a part of a church, if you're not a member of a congregation, Great Little Zion has open doors, open arms for you. It would be my privilege to be your pastor and we would count it a joy to have you a part of this church family. I want you to have a blessed, wonderful, victorious week and always remember God loves you. And so do I. Be blessed as you go through this
1: week's journey. May the same through.